Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, Pastor Harris concludes his teaching in the book of Jude. The major theme of this book is a warning by Jude to the church in regards to influential non-believers creeping into the church by stealth. This same problem plagues the church today 2,000 years later. Please listen to today's slice of this week's message entitled, Whom God Destroys. Jude says, I wanted to write in general about the doctrine of salvation, but I I had to contend to this part about the fact that the war is on. Contend earnestly for the purity and integrity of Scripture. The faith that was once for all handed down, that is the composite teaching of the Bible. Now, there are many views on many facets of theology. There are some secondary doctrines that Bible-believing, gospel-preaching people um, may have some little differences about, but we all believe there is one set of truths. They are the faith, once for all, delivered. Charles Spurgeon, famous in the 19th century as he was a faithful preacher in the midst of what came to be known as the downgrade controversy, where people were undermining the authority of Scripture and all, and all of that. He uh, wrote a book cleverly titled The Downgrade Controversy, in which he said, among other things, commonly it is found in theology that that which is true is not new, and that which is new is not true. It was once for all handed down. It has everything we need. 2 Timothy 3 and 4. It will equip us for every good work. 2 Peter chapter 1. It is uh, everything we need for life and godliness. It gives us the true knowledge of His Son. So the book of Jude is here to embolden us to constantly deepen our resolve to understand what the Word of God says and to contend for it earnestly against any attack of those who seek to take away from it or add to it. Now today, this little slice, three verses, is going to give you three examples of whom God destroys. This is the, if you want to say it this way, this is the scared straight part of this book. I want you to see, says Jude, how serious a thing it is to to, to discount the authority and the accuracy and the sufficiency of the Word of God. I want you to see what God does to those who do things like that. So, I'm going to give you three examples. Exhibit A, unbelievers in the wilderness, verse 5. Exhibit B, angels out of bounds. They're not in the outfield, I want you to know. Angels out of bounds, verse 6. Uh, And then exhibit C, Sodom and Gomorrah in verse 7. Jude is going to, and you'll see it today and in following um, parts of Jude, uh, Jude draws heavily upon the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, 
and he draws heavily on things that were common knowledge to his Jewish Christian readers and to the early Gentile Christians who learned a lot from their Jewish predecessors. He's going to emphasize a crucial point in these next three verses. Just looking like you are blessed by God doesn't prove that you are. Just hanging around with people blessed by God doesn't prove that you are one of them. All right, exhibit A. Unbelievers in the wilderness, verse 5, says, Now I desire to remind you, though you know all things once for all, that the Lord, after saving a people out of the land of Egypt, subsequently destroyed those who did not believe. Now I'm going to also read that to you from the new Legacy Standard Bible because there's one small translation question. It could go either of two ways, and my two favorite translations do it two ways. Legacy Standard Bible says, Now I want to remind you, though you know all things, that Jesus, having once saved a people out of the land of Egypt, subsequently destroyed those who did not believe. Now in case you glazed over, the difference is in where the word once is, and whether it's translated once or once for all. Uh, That Greek word um, can go either with though you know all things, that's how the New American Standard did it, though you know all things once for all. That would be referring back to the once for all delivered to the saints' faith. Or it can go with the word saved, having once saved a people. The, the, The Greek technically allows for either of those translations. It is where that Greek word hapax is placed in the sentence that um, nudges me toward going with the legacy standard Bible rendering that the emphasis is that even after providing for Israel to escape from Egypt at once, God held them accountable to live in light of His truth. Either one is fine. You can get to heaven either way. So this phrase, though you know all things, is interesting. Whether you put the word once with that or not, he's emphasizing the faith once for all handed down to the saints. And by the way, that's that same word, hapox, translated in verse 3 that we have here in verse 5. In verse 5, Jude was taking another poke at people who claim to receive further revelation beyond what God has given us in Scripture. He's also poking at those who believe that they can pick and choose which parts of the Bible to believe. There is a very popular, highly poisonous teaching that's been running around in the evangelical world for about 30 years, imported from some other corners of theology, that God speaks outside of the Bible. You can hear a famous radio preacher explain to you how God told him to pull into this store, led him exactly to which turkey to buy for Thanksgiving. Ah, Glad he had a nice Thanksgiving. I hope it was yummy. But don't imply to God's people that they're a bunch of spiritual idiots because they can't read the code that says which turkey to buy. God has told us, what are the words? Everything we need for life and godliness, and the Greek word means everything, 
He has told us that is the faith, singular, one group of teaching, once for all delivered to the saints. That's His Word. He speaks through His Word. His sheep hear His voice, which is in His Word, and they know Him, and they follow Him, and He keeps them safe. There's another idea that, that says that you know, prayer is a two-way communication. That's exactly right, except for it's exactly wrong. By definition, prayer is one-way communication. Prayer is the inferior, subordinate one speaking to the superior one who is in charge. And that one speaks through His Word. We speak to Him in prayer. And, and, and I know what people are thinking. You know, you might be thinking... I could save my wife a lot of trouble if I'd stop and get a turkey. Oh, there's a store. I wonder what aisle the turkeys are. Oh, there it is in that aisle right there. Which one should I take? Oh, there's one that's sticking out of the, 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 the cooler, but I'll take that one. That's fine. And if you love your wife that much, good on you. Save her the trouble. But don't claim that that's revelation from God. He provides all the time. He knows all of our needs even before we ask. He causes all things to work together for good to them that love Him and are called according to His purpose. But that's His providence. It is not uh, Him speaking to you. So to grow in Christ, you don't need more revelation. You just need to understand what has already been given. Sometimes you need to be reminded of it, and sometimes you need to be nudged and encouraged and, and, and helped to obey it. Sometimes you even need to be corrected and get back to, oh, to obeying it. Peter made a big deal about reminding. He says, I'm writing these things to you again because I want to remind you, and I want to remind you so that after I've reminded you, you'll remember it so that next time I won't have to remind you about it. We hang on to the one body of truth. Now, Here's the analogy that Jude makes in verse, from verse 5. About 2 million people left Egypt with Moses. Try to picture that. It's, it, it, only God could do that. But an entire generation, except for two individuals named Joshua and Caleb, never made it to the land that God promised to them. And Jude's point is pretty simple. There are many who claim to have received Christ's forgiveness. They claim to have been set free from their sins, but they don't really know Him. The point of this verse is that merely claiming to know Christ, claiming to follow God, claiming to be part of the people of God, doesn't mean that you really are. could be a phony. A lot of people were willing to accept the deliverance part when they were set free from Egypt. Said, okay, oh, yeah, okay you, can, um, you can go to this land that is beautiful, flowing with milk and honey, or you can stay where you are in a desert climate and keep making bricks. Your choice. Well, let me think about that. Okay, I'll leave here. But then... God has the audacity to suggest you need to do some things in light of that. And they were unwilling to continue believing after they were set free. 
They wouldn't do as God said. So he destroyed them because they failed to believe, even though they were associated with the people of God. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.